What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Top 10% Podcast. I am your host, Dan Carter. Uh, today is Tuesday, the 19th of July. Uh, we got a special guest on with us this week from West Michigan. He is a uh, giant buck-killing machine. Um, he's got some good deer under his belt, and you're not going to want to miss this episode. So, Stay tuned, follow along. If you haven't liked and subscribed to our YouTube, get on there and do that. You'll find the link on the Top 10% Podcast Instagram, as well as um, just search Top 10% on YouTube, you'll find us. And also, if you have not yet filled out the Buck Hole survey, please find the link as well on the Instagram and on our link tree. Uh, in the bio to fill that out. Any help is greatly appreciated. Nonetheless, stay tuned for a great episode and do not forget to reach out to 5-2 Outdoors, tell them Top 10% podcast sent you and get your coupon codes for some money off of your fall food plot seed or any land management stuff that you need, reach out to us as well. <laughs> Bro, I just shot T-Bar. Oh my God. Look at that top. This episode of the Top 10% Podcast is brought to you by Top 10% Hunting Headquarters, located in Coldwater, Michigan, your premier AR manufacturing outlet. Let's get back to your host, Dan Carter, of the Top 10% Podcast. Welcome back to the Top 10% Podcast uh, with your uh, host, myself, Dan Carter. And uh, we've got a special guest from Southwest Michigan on with us. does a little filming. Kills a yeah, he kills some marginal deer. We'll we'll make some jokes at that a little bit. Um, once you hear who it is, you guys will understand why I'm making marginal jokes. He's uh, he's right up there with us in the big deer uh, harvesting teams. Um, so welcome aboard, Greg. Tell everybody a little bit about who you are, what you are are probably most known for now, and then uh, what you guys are doing and and. Uh, you know, let the audience yeah, so know. It's, it's good to be here. I appreciate you inviting me on. You know, it's a good experience. Uh, so my name is Greg Schembarger. I'm 21 years old from Southwest Michigan. Uh, two years ago, or shoot, three years ago, I killed a 230-inch deer in Illinois with a muzzleloader. And that uh, went mm-hmm. to later on be on the cover of North American Whitetail. And then just this last deer season, I killed a 212-inch buck in Michigan that uh, I believe is expected to make another cover. Um, I started hunting when I was, shoot, six years old, six, seven years old uh, in the UP of Michigan. I killed my first buck sitting with my dad. It was, I call it a five-pointer. I did. It's probably a legal spike, but <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, I mean, just that, that's about it, you know, just uh, the roots go deep. That's for sure. 
Well, I think I think as a as a fellow Michigan boy, I understand, and I kind of, you know, we all start yeah. somewhere, so it's good to have that growth and step up to the plate, and, and it takes it takes a lot to to go after, and you know, it's kind of you know, I was talking about this with a buddy the other day. What and we'll get dig deeper into that, but like the the preparation to kill big deer is way more than the actual sits on oh, stand. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, those, those big bucks are, which is, now. it's oh, weird, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely is. I mean, I think it's, it's backwards compared to what I think we all were like programmed. Like you got to sit in the stand. If you're not in the stand, yeah. you can't kill them. True. But I think if, if you don't do the research, it doesn't matter. You can sit in a stand all you want. If you're in the standing middle of standing cornfield, you might not yeah, see a thing. You, end up, you can end up so, doing more harm than good, too, by being out there too much. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to yeah. be said with that. And, I, I mean, like I said, we can dig deeper into that. But I think there's there's some of that that, like with you, you have the roots of the UP. We hunted hard. You know, I grew up here, same thing. You know, we all live that brown is down mentality. We start early. Um, I'm a tad bit older than you, but still, uh, it's one of those things where that same Michigan family heritage and sharing that buck camp and deer camp, and you know, I mean, we chomped at the bit to get in the woods. I mean, now I, I'm I'm a bigger bow hunter than you know I am a, a gun hunter oh, yeah. by all means, but there's still that like opening day, November fifteenth thing for us here in Michigan that it's just instilled yeah. in us, you know. So absolutely. I think it's a positive for sure. So um, I think it's one of those things that um, I'm looking at, at my, my crazy dog <laughs> doing something here. So um, I don't know what he's doing or what he's got. Uh, who, nonetheless, so sorry about that, guys. He was uh, had something, I don't know, hair, something the other half. Hair, hair, and, um, we ended up trying to have dog emergencies while we're on podcasts. So, but yeah, I mean, I think growing up, so what was that like? I mean, you started hunting early yep. with your family. You guys do the deer camp thing in the UP? Yep. Is Actually, that what you every, did? Uh, every Thanksgiving, the whole family. So there's, you know, probably 10 or 15 of us would go up to our cabin and uh, we just kind of sit around, you know, have dinner every night and go hunting. And pretty much we were, we were killing deer. We weren't targeting specific bucks. It was, you know, and we still do it to this day. We go up there and. Yeah. You were hungry. You wanted venison, yeah. right? <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, even to this day, like I said, this November we'll be going up to the cabin. Um, even though I hunt Illinois, I, our Michigan farm here is getting much bit, much better. Uh, we will be up at the cabin and uh, chasing a, you know, a hundred and shape point. <laughs> Which you know, and and that's the thing. I mean, and that's that's what people don't understand is there's a lot of that, and like that's what gets mm -hmm. the blood flowing and what started that whole scenario for everybody. So it makes it hard for some people to gather, like, how can you be still so you're wrong? I mean, the excitement level is a little bit different for us, but I mean, it still gets the blood boiling and you're still telling those stories and you're still playing cards yeah. with the family and you're doing all the things that, you know, again, keeps us right back at our roots. And, and I think the difference with that, and even for me, I mean, I know, you know, I've got a spot in Illinois, actually a couple of spots in Illinois now too. And that still, I struggle with, and you'll understand this. I struggle with the going to an out-of-state hunt solo, or not having a group of guys with me. And I struggle with missing yep. the camaraderie. Do I feel like I dial in and I become the like 
Omega Hunter, right. you know what I mean? The alpha guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm that, I'm like focused, but I don't necessarily dial into it on the camaraderie or the socialization side that I wish that, that I could carry with me. So that's the good thing is now we've got a couple other, you know, top 10 farms that's helping us out. So that that's going to get all of us on the farm hopefully yeah. at the same time, you know, to get on some of our stuff. So um, now, now who hunts the Southwest parcel? Is that just you and your dad or is that you and a couple of buddies? Yeah. So got it's, uh, it's kind of, there's, there's a few people that hunt it. It's my grandpa's farm. And uh, so it's pretty much mm-hmm. me and my dad, my brother. And then I got an uncle that's starting to get into hunting and he actually came with us to Illinois too. And he shot a real nice first buck in okay. Illinois, and uh, and you know he he knows we're super serious, and he it was a really nice eight point. And he's just like, guys, I'm so sorry, um, you know it's it's not a job. I'm like, dude, don't <laughs> ever ever say sorry for killing a beautiful buck. Yeah. I mean, it's your first buck ever. You want to see my first buck? Well, I was gonna say on the first one, yeah. you get the free pass, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> now it all comes yep. the heat. Yep. So yeah, so I mean. Which is, you know, it, that's good. That's good. You're getting other, it's contagious. It, it really is. And I think there's something to be said about that too. You know, that just makes it so not, he'll remember that. But then again, I guarantee that every time he picks up a release or he picks up, you know, shotgun, if you guys get a draw for a shotgun as a resident down there, he's going to think about that before he pulls the trigger or, you know, draws that, you know, that oh, bow yeah. back. So that's oh, a good yeah, thing. Yeah, it is absolutely. And it's, so. it's great to see him getting into the sport and uh, he's trying to learn. He's trying to do everything right, just like we are. And, you know, just sometimes I got to tell him to take a step back. Like, listen, you're, you don't have to go for 170s and 180s. You can shoot a couple 130s. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, fill some space yeah. on your wall and then save, save the throne for the big <laughs> yeah. boys later. Yeah. yeah, like here in Michigan, I mean, you could so. still hunt a mature deer. We have plenty of mature bucks on our hit list that are 125, 130 inches that are five-year-olds in Michigan. They just don't have the right genetics. Um, that would be perfect. Yeah, I think I think that's it, too. I mean, I think it's it's just a matter of genetics yeah. and, and the way that some of our people are programmed to not understand what that takes. And then we could get into the whole, like, our take on the doe factory and what people think on the genetics and how much genetics is actually pushed mm-hmm. through from the does as opposed to the bucks. And that's a whole other oh, yeah. conversation that, you know, I'm not a biologist, but I know you understand just because you're, you're out there and you guys are grinding and doing the same thing, not just here, but out of yep. state as well. So what about, um, do you typically, how long have you guys been hunting that farm? Your grandpa's farm? Has that been all, oh, yeah, yeah. Well? all our life? And then just recently, so he's, it's a fruit farm and he kind of set aside 10 or 15 acres for us to do what we want with deer hunting. So we got about 10 or 15 acres to hunt and just recently he let us have another 10 that we actually planted the switchgrass okay. and put some acanthus out there okay. for some more bedding areas because uh, our farm right now is mostly food and then across the street from us we have a huge bedding area that allows no hunting at all. So we're trying to okay. pull some of those deer out of the neighboring property to then bet on our property, they're easier to kill. Okay. You guys have a pretty ag rich area, not just to mention the fruit side of it. You have an ag rich area down there yeah. anyway. And that soil, I think it's kind of an overlooked area. Uh, my brother's over on the West side over in Kalamazoo. And I know a few guys that um, hunt in that vicinity that I've talked to over the course of time and hung out with, you know, over there, at, you know, such, you know, events and parties and everything that they, they do well in that area 
and I actually ran a gun counter years ago back over in that area too. And there's a lot of, I think it's becoming more and more prominent yeah. of people knowing about it, but it was often overlooked as, as what it was. I mean, everybody was pointing towards Hillsdale and Jackson and that central um, area that, you know, ironically, there was a lot of other places in that core that I think that you could have went over there and harvested mm-hmm. some here, and the genetics are there. The soil's rich, you know, we're all glacier, glacier rich soil. Yeah, absolutely. I just think, like you said, I think the genetics are lacking in some areas, and, and not that Michigan is bad in no means, because when you find big deer, they're oh, here. Yeah. They really are. And, and that's, you know, I mean, proof is you're killing them, we're killing them, you know, across the board. And there's lots of other guys that, that we talk to on a regular that they kind of go under the radar that are that are harvesting the yeah. gear. So um, what uh, what do you have? We'll touch a little bit. We'll kind of circle back. We'll bounce to, to Illinois here in a minute. But what do you guys have as far as potential down there? You got any targets already showing up or things for this yeah, year? Sure. Goal so actually, set. I, there's a little backstory to this one. Uh, we had a buck. Okay. A buck last year hanging out with the buck I ended up killing. We named him Firecracker. So this other ten point, uh, I figured he was four and a half, and he's already a 150 inch typical ten pointer. And uh, my brother sees him early season. It's the biggest buck he's ever seen. And as he was climbing up, this was yeah, last. Yeah, year. this was last year. And as he was climbing okay. up his stand, he he ended up dropping his bow or bumping his bow and. He's like, you think it'll be all right? And I'm like, well, how does it look? I'm like, oh no. He's like, it looks fine. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've dropped my bow before and it's on most of the time. So I'm like, yeah, give it a shot. Well, he sees this buck and it's the biggest <laughs> buck of his life. And I think, I, I don't know, he's, he's you know, he's uh, jittered up and it comes in and he, he shoots <laughs> and it's all on film and the arrow looks like it hits off the base of his antler. It's like, holy oh, no. So I'm like, hopefully it didn't hit him. Well, he showed it back up on camera, uh, and he's got, like, a missing eye. I think it took his eye oh, no. or something. So I was I was really worried about him. Cause, but he looked super right. healthy, and it never got infected or anything. And my brother actually seen him again later in the season. But in this spot, he needs a crossbow because it's a box blind. And uh, he's okay. seen him at, I think he came in at 30 yards, and he's he let him go. Because I started talking like, man, that deer's young. He could be big, and... And he's like, I really want right. to shoot him with my compound bow. So we let him go, and we nicknamed that buck Scarface. So, now, right. I was going to say, one-eyed Willie, Scarface, oh, what yeah. we got? <laughs> yeah, so now this whole season, I'm just – I was dialed into finding Scarface, finding Scarface. And we have zero pictures of him so far this year. But last night, uh, I was coming home from playing around the golf, and I look out in the soybean field, and there were nice. a bunch of, bunch of bucks back in there. I grabbed my spot and scope, and I got – some pretty decent footage of of Scarface. It was him, and he's he's yeah. looking like he could be knocking on 170 inches. Wow, and yeah, I mean that's a good thing. I mean, what are we? We're three weeks into July now. I don't know when this will hit podcast land. Probably this week or next. So uh, if you guys are listening, I mean, we're going to be right around the 20th, 19th, 20th of July right now. So I mean, realistically, he's still got another 30 right. inches that he can put on. I mean, an inch a day, and if the heat holds up like it has been. I mean, they could, he could really put on some some growth here, and you still could see he could be knocking on that 200-inch door too. Yeah, I mean. he could. I, I think he's going to fall shy because he doesn't have the junk. He's super typical. Okay. And I think he might gain a little bit more time length. I'm hoping he's, like, low. I, or, so right now he's probably 150. He's I think he's going to okay, be. Okay, so you're thinking 170, yeah, 180. he's going to be low 70s. 
Still, as a mainframe typical yeah, he, ten, in, I mean, all the in here too. I yeah, mean, that's beautiful. huge. That's that's he's a beautiful. Big deal. He found his yeah. one side of his uh, shed last year, so it'll be cool to cool to harvest. That's good. Well, and you know that just adds to the story. I mean, and everybody's about the story now, and that's our our format's changed a lot as far as how we're doing. But everybody wants to hear the story, and they want you know they're going to listen to this, and now you're going to gather a bunch of other followers, and probably we are too, that they're going to want to know, and then obviously. When you or your brother's sticking, you know, here in the fall, I'm going to want to know. We're going to get you yeah. back on here, and we're going to tell this story, Absolutely. too. So that'll be good. I mean, it'll be good, a good thing. So um, we'll come back to Michigan. We'll kind of bounce around a little bit. So what about Illinois? So you guys have land there? Do you lease land? What do you? We got about there? 500 acres in Illinois that we lease. So we've been leasing it for, shoot, almost probably like 16 or 17 years now. And uh, so okay. we got a group of. 10 guys that are hunting with us. So it's not ideal, but it's, it's, it's fun hunting it during the rut. And it's kind of a time to spend down there with family. And like you saying earlier with the camaraderie of everybody and we're staying in little camper trailers. So everybody's tight and making jokes and it's it's a good time for sure. It's not ideal hunting with 10 guys, but it's super fun. Yeah. But I mean, it's 500 acres. So, I mean, realistically it's not, you're not super crowded. It's not like you're putting 10 guys on 100 acres. We hear a lot yeah. of those stories where guys are just like, you know, you can see the other guy 100 yards from me and the deer has no chance, yeah. no matter what, you know. But in, in Illinois, it's a, different, it's a different animal, too. I mean, there's a lot of people that are probably listening to us, you know, especially when, you know, a couple of Michigan boys talking here. They're, they're probably not used to the type of stuff that we encounter. Where rough area in illinois are you guys are you guys northern southern eastern western so it's fulton county it's kind of it's kind of central i'd say okay Pretty central uh it's All not right. bad it's, so is that that's like just north of 70 then right through that corridor then yeah yeah like yeah you you got to be pretty close to like i mean you're you're i mean we're you and i are gonna have to talk off record about that because you and i are in the same vicinity okay, man cool, cool. <laughs> So yeah, I got a I got a place that's not far from that area, from that seventy corridor, and it seems to be better. I don't necessarily everybody's gonna knock on me for this, but um, I think there's a lot of pressured area around that Pike County area and stretching over into that that causes Illinois to have a lot of overlooked yeah. channels. There's a lot of area that that I think produce some big big deer that they just. I don't know. I mean, they just don't, people don't talk about them because they're so focused on that little golden triangle that's over there in Pike County and in, in that area. And, you know, there's guys like you and I that are seeking other areas. We are uh, we're working on another farm actually south, like beyond that further south. So hopefully that comes to fruition. So we'll see what happens there. But um, I wanted to have it done and be down there, you know, and get some good scouting right. in, but for whatever reason, it's just, it's not worked out yet at this point, but so with that 500, is that, I mean, knowing the area and knowing rough area is probably predominantly. Yeah, ag. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty 50, 50, I'd say. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my large parcel there is kind of the same. Um, trying to think of like, it's pretty yeah. hilly in that vicinity there's a lot of elevation change and i say a lot of elevation change nothing comparative to like kentucky and southern indiana and even further south in illinois but there's a lot of elevation change comparative to what 
you know, oh, us yeah. Michigan boys are used to hunting. Yep, you know absolutely. what I mean? Like anywhere so, where there's trees, it's it's a deep ravine. Yep. Yep, it is. It drops down to a creek yeah. bottom or a draw or some sort of like, you know, weird pinch or, you know, I, I don't know. So now talking about that and being a 50-50 mix, did you have, you know, all this plethora of hunting experience? Did you did you know that or was it the family knew this buck existed that you well, did you guys name that buck that you killed in yeah. Illinois? Did he have yeah, we a named him ghost because we okay. only have one okay. photo of them once once a year okay one summer photo that was it okay and uh yeah, wow so we were, the year you harvested uh, them? the year i harvested them he actually started showing up a little bit more so it was th- okay for three okay. years we had one summer photo of him and he wasn't really a target buck i mean we were i'd love to target him but it's hard to target a buck you only get one picture of so uh but the year i harvested him Hence the name yep, Ghost, absolutely. right? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. And he stayed on the very east side of our farm. So I figured we were just, you know, barely on the edge of his circle there. And the year I harvested him, he ended right. up showing up a little bit more. Um, he actually showed up once in the daylight in November. And I hunted that spot okay. the day before he showed up. And it's just like one of those oh, things. Wow. I walked 20 yards from the tree stand and I could have gone with the bow, which I was really hoping for. But Oh, man. But you you uh you were shotgun hunting though, right? You got you had a shotgun draw, is that or did that you get a muzzleloader? So it was the it was that late muzzle. Okay, late muzzleloader, late muzzleloader. Okay, which what's that three? That's like a three day yeah. season. I'm trying to remember that one comes in. It's pretty quick. All of Illinois, for those of you that are listening, not from Illinois, Illinois, anything with a firearm is short. Yeah. Just know that you don't have a whole lot of time if you got gunpowder in your hand in any way, shape, or form. It's not long. So. Which for us, I mean, honestly, when we're filming and doing things, I mean, close proximity. I mean, I, I like the oh, yeah. side. I like. I love the bow. You know what I mean? I'd rather, I'd rather do that. Rather put them on the ground yep. with an arrow than than the the gun. You know, but it's you know, like I said, it's what we grew up doing. You know, so there is some of that that we still like to do. But um, so with that said, let's. So ghost shows up minimally, and then he starts showing up. So. Give me the round roundabout story of what the season looked like for you in Illinois and how it led up to this. Yeah, harvest. so I killed him in 2019. So in 2018, um, you know, we got our one early season picture and we hunt all season with nothing. And we come back home and just kind of chilling. We have a bunch of late season beans we put there. And after the deer season, we go and check our cameras and Ghost is all over our late season food in the daylight. Oh, wow. uh, he's just all over it. And, yeah, of course, then, right? You know, we, we had no idea. So our plan for the 2019 season was to go early, set up some uh, – we bought some Spartan Show cameras that sent them to your phone. We were going to put them all over our bean yep. fields. And the first picture we got, we were headed down and we were hunting the sucker. And uh, so that's what we were doing. We went up to set up trail cameras. It happened to be the muzzleloader season. I had a muzzleloader tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, December 5th. And we woke up early that morning okay. and – Decided not to hunt. We didn't want to push any deer off the food. but uh, So we went to breakfast, yep. came back, and put up a brand-new tree stand that we thought we were going to kill them out of late bow season. And So that mm-hmm. later that night, we went out. It's 60 degrees out, and you're hunting late-season food. Which is so weird oh, for yeah. us, you know it's what I mean? terrible, <laughs> terrible weather for a uh, for December hunt. And Right. No nope. snow, no nothing, just Yeah, hot. yeah. It was terrible. So sitting there, I start seeing deer 
fairly early. And I look up and here comes this doe getting ready to hop our fence and come and eat in this picked cornfield. And I kind of see a buck behind him, I pull my binoculars up and I was like, holy crap, it's, it's him. And he, he comes straight right. up to our, the fence line there and starts walking the fence line down into the draw. And I thought he was going to disappear and be gone. Well, it turned out he just walked another 10 yards or so, probably found a lower spot in the fence to jump. Yeah. Lazy. Super lazy. Yep. Just a lazy yep. cutover. So he hopped our fence. And as this is all going on, my dad's sitting across this huge cornfield and he's looking through like a draw, like all the leaves are off. So he can see through a couple trees. And I texted him. I was like, I see him. And that was it. So he, he's looking through his <laughs> binoculars and he's like, he sees this thing walking. He's like, it looked fake. So like, it was, it was unreal. So anyway, I mean, that's, that's a big oh, deer. Man. I mean, I, most people, I mean, let's be real. Most people never encounter a deer over 150 inches in the woods. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that can, that, I mean, and to start looking at like gross booners and things like that, it makes it really difficult for people to actually fathom what it's like to put a deer of that caliber, one in front of you and two on the ground and, yeah. you know they just don't understand oh it was you know i mean that's a lot of yeah, i mean we the whole really camp is. was there and you know we're looking at pictures of this buck and we've seen a lot of deer and we had we had no clue we're like we know he's two over 200 but after that they're just giant right they're just big right <laughs> yeah, yeah so it doesn't matter no. at that point i mean when you go when you get to the 200 club you're just like yeah it doesn't no. matter whatever they score i'm good exactly. with it right exactly yeah so anyway you know he's He's coming in, and I, I pick out his doe that he was following, and I get my range finder out, and I range it at 220 yards. And I got a muzzleloader, and uh, right. I got one of those Leupold custom dial scopes on it, so I, I can dial it to 220. Yep. And I felt real comfortable. I was I already told myself if I'm not steady, I'm not going to take the shot because the last thing I want to do is wound this thing. Oh, yeah, him, I, yeah. I'd probably retire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's part yeah. of it, man. It happens, but you you know you you never want no. to do that. No, nope, absolutely not. So yeah, he he came in right to his doe, and I touched one off. And my dad said he can see him rear up on his back legs before he heard the shot. Mm-hmm. And he he reared up and he took like two or three bounds, and he was dead in the field. And it was the motion right in the field. Flowing. Oh yeah, it was insane. Oh, I would have. I probably would have jumped straight from the stand to the ground. I can only imagine. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? It'd have been like a cat pounce. Just off the deck. Oh yeah, you know? I shoot and I call my dad immediately. He's like, "Did you get him? Did you get him?" I'm like, "He's down!" And I'm jumping around. He's like, "Sit down, sit down. You're gonna fall." <laughs> it was, it was cool. But that's that's it. I mean, those raw emotions, you know. And, and I can only imagine. Like, I'd love to hear your dad's side of the story as well, where he's like just watching in anticipation. He's probably oh, shaking yeah. more. I mean, having myself, I can only imagine like seeing there's only one thing better than harvesting one yourself like killing a big buck like that is is just watching somebody else you know especially a kid of yours family or friends or whatever do the same thing and like the emotion and just being so pumped about it is great you know so how long did it take your dad to get out of the tree and to you knowing that he was already down oh it was it wasn't long he was climbing down almost immediately (laughs) you stay put and stay on him He's like, reload, and if he decides to get up, oh, yeah, Everything, he's like, yeah. I'm coming. But I'm going to call you before I come over the hill because the last thing – you've heard so many horror stories where you go to walk up to them, they jump up, or oh. they're gone. 
So he's like, right. before I come up, I'm going to call you and make sure he hasn't moved. I mean, we were, it was serious. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, honestly, at that point, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're so yeah. focused and like, you got to be careful because I can tell you a, a quick story I had. I had a, you know, I mean, it wasn't 200 inch deer, but it was a solid deer. Um, you know, a high 140s deer that I shot and kind of the same situation. It was a muzzleloader deal. And um, I had a Thompson Center Omega that it was kind of a freak deal that I ended up getting rid of the gun because I felt like the gun was jinxed. Um, and we ended up getting this deer and it was a good deer. I mean, it was, it was an 11 point that, mm. you know what I mean? He was, he was younger, which looking back at it, it was a Michigan deer. So oh, yeah. it was a good deer in Michigan. And he was like 143 and seven eighths or yeah, whatever. Right sport. But nonetheless, the story was similar. I shoot him. He goes two or three bounds. He's down. Emotions are good. You know, I'm like, okay, yeah, I got one. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're making phone yeah. calls. You're doing all these things. And my cousin was with me. I think my brother was out there that day as well. And, you know, we're talking and, you know, whatever. And I'm, I, I'm not even paying attention. And, and the next thing you know, I look up and the deer, he's not there. He's gone. You know, and we ended up having to track this deer. I ended up having to put another round in him. Um, the shot was good. It was just a weird uh whatever it was the the rounds we were shooting didn't expand and and it was like basically a one long deal uh i ended up shooting them again um but it wasn't for after a 180 yard track job that you never want to do that had i been paying attention and and focused like you were or your dad you know what i mean then we probably wouldn't have had right. that issue oh yeah uh, but yeah so it's like have me on it, there is no way i was i was gonna stay up there and keep an eye on him i was getting down <laughs> Right. Yeah. You got to get your hands yeah. on it for sure. And, and, you know, we're all victim to that. You know what I mean? We get excited, we get pumped and, and, you know, and if you're like me, the after effects, like I'm good until after yeah. the shot, most of the time, like I'm composed, I'm going through the motions. And then as soon as like it's confirmed and everything kind of slow motions in my brain and I see that arrow or I see that like him go down, I'm like, now I lose it. Now it's like, okay, hang on. I got to sit down because this is Well, you have the good buck fever then. I, so. I shoot. I got to really talk myself down right before the shot. I, oh, I do. You? <laughs> Which is, you know, and then that's yeah. good. You know what I mean? It's a good thing. But, is, you know, I mean, you just got to get through it. And I think that's part of it. I think it's one of those things where, you know, that whole, like, the hunter meditation thing uh -huh. kicks in where we're like, okay, one, you know, I, and, and over the years, I kind of, especially with bow, because I used to be really bad with, with the archery side with a bow in my hand. I used to go through all these extra emotions and instead of going through the jitters, I would go through the, what can go yeah. wrong. And you know what I mean? You're like, Oh, is there a limb? All the things that have ever went wrong in my life with a bow in my hand, I replayed them instantly. And then I would talk myself into a miss or, something right. stupid that i'm like eh, i can't do this anymore so like we got to go into maybe we got maybe we're onto something maybe you and i have to talk off record about that the bow hunter meditation yeah, <laughs> and starts you know teaching these people to to figure it out but i don't know i don't think it's gonna work man I mean, something about a big a big deer in front of you that no matter what it is before the shot after the shot during the shot it's oh yeah it. and if There's it doesn't no we wouldn't do what we yep. do right yep. so so now, I mean, tell me how the celebration goes. You know, you got you and your dad there, and everybody else finally gets over. And you know, you, did you have full you know, camp? It was, it everybody wasn't was full there. Camp because we were later in the season. It was it was me, my dad, and my dad's dad, so my grandpa, and then my my grandpa's mm -hmm. brother, so my great uncle. Um, 
so there was what five of us there um so i mean it was, it was still okay. amazing to be able to experience all that with everybody and we're just standing around this deer well, yeah yeah super memorable yeah, yeah. this deer's mass is so unbelievable you can't touch your fingers anywhere on it i mean it was it was just insane holding it it was like holy smokes what did i do <laughs> now did anybody else around there any other afterwards you know how that yep. stuff surfaces and everything afterwards any other farms or anything say hey we've been targeting that same deer and you know any other guys reach out to you yeah after so that? actually the neighbor um i think he was living there he he found the matching set to him uh the matching set he to him previously oh wow and uh he actually okay. gifted him to uh i believe he's 10 a 10 year old for christmas uh so I was, okay. I was trying to get those, but um, it didn't work out. <laughs> but I, I, I told them to keep me in mind. But, yeah, they, they were definitely hunting them, but they were huge farmers, so didn't really have the time to pursue a buck. But yeah. they were hunting them when available for sure. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I have a um, – there's a farmer, uh, be like two farms over from me at my one Illinois lease that that's, he's kind of the same thing. Like he'll call me and he'll tell me, hey – I got a I got a gross mooner that I'm seeing regularly, but I don't know when I'm gonna get there to hunt him. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, and and he's the only one that hunts this farm, and we've just shared some drinks and some stories and and trail cam pictures at, at the the local water mm-hmm. a couple times, and he just, you know, he's just good people, and he's kind of he's younger like you and I, you know, and he just kind of eh, he's just yeah. busy, and he's just he just doesn't he has it, but he just doesn't have that like he sees them all the time. You know, he's like, ah, I see one from the combine, you know, I was, you know, we're over here and this is what I'm like, dude, what are you? <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have been able to stay in the combine. I they, they, I'd have called right in right then. I'm, I'm calling in for the next three days. Of killing this <laughs> yeah. So, but it is what it is. Oh, yeah. you know? So now what about your Illinois spot, man? Do you guys got, you got any potentials there locked up for the season or any goals in mind or did it kind of, flatten out after this this big uh, harvest so i what? killed that deer in the following year i ended up uh killing one with my bow i went 170 so that was that was the biggest buck on the farm then and last year i'll be honest i wasn't there very much i was here in michigan i was yeah. i was here in michigan chasing right. this buck and i know we had one one giant typical there i was like probably 180 inch typical 10 pointer okay and uh Nobody ended up seeing him, but I'm hoping he shows up on camera this year. We got a bunch of cameras out. We got a, probably been out for about a month now, so we we won't check those for yeah. another month, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of my thing. I don't have anything potential showing up at either of those farms, you know, in Illinois, but in my the one Illinois spot, it seems like it's mid – it's late August yeah. usually, and this is a bean year to – for the one farm so it'll be a little bit different um but i know of two um i'm trying to think off the top of my head i know of two targets that didn't get harvested i was the only one that harvested deer off the one farm last year and i know of two of them that i was on and i had one at 40 and i could i just couldn't i mean he was on a doe was right in rut and there was just nothing i could do and you know i mean i actually had the bow in my hand, release on, ready to go, almost to the point of drawing back. But it was just like same thing. I don't want to wound him, and I, and I think both of those deer are going to push that one eighty. Yeah, wow. Well. You know, the the one he's, and then we got another one that you know this high tower deer that 
I mean, I would guess he was probably last year he was close to 160, but he's just like he's got tines that are like, and I, and those I, people listening can't see, but his tines are like his G2s are like 15, 16 inches, but he doesn't have any spread. But his beams are really, really long. They go, he goes like way out over yeah. his face. So, um, which looking at him and guessing he's three, four inches past the end of his nose, I would assume that, you know, he's going to be, he's going to, I would love to see him put on two more tines that are eight to yeah. 10 inches, but we'll see what happens. And he hasn't showed up yet, but he doesn't. He kind of, he's been a resident at that one farm for the last mm. two years. So I'm hoping that, you know, he shows up and, you know, gives us a chance there. Um, we don't pressure that one a lot. So I'm hoping to be the same thing. You know, we don't have a lot of guys in and out of there. Um, and they're, they're used to traffic and things of that nature too. So that, that kind of helps, you know, as far as the two roads mm. are on there. But the other farm, who knows? I mean, I don't have cameras there, you know, soaking it up yet. So uh, we've been so busy setting things up that I need to get back there and do the same thing. Right. So, right. What about, uh, what about everybody else? I mean, so you got, you got two good deer off of that. What about the rest of the family? Anybody other kill some other decent deer over yeah, the years? So or? Last year, my dad killed a real nice eight point. Uh, it was an older deer, probably, probably pushing 140 inches as an eight point. Super nice buck. Um, my grandpa, he's killed, he killed a 180 off that property. He killed the 160 off the property. My uncle killed a 170 off the property. I mean, there's, there's been some giants killed on it. Um, problem with it is it kind of sets up backwards almost you'll to hunt it to hunt okay. it it's get, just got terrible access so it's more of a rut. that's what i say access yeah. problem yeah. yeah so i mean during the rut it's fantastic because those bucks get stupid um but other than right. that it's it's pretty tough hunting it because it's it's just tough to get in and out yeah yeah I, I mean there's there's lots of that stuff down there too i've learned that a lot of that stuff especially in the central illinois Area, the way that those properties are laid out and maybe you guys are used to this too it's weird because they built them more like when they divided those parcels and those blocks it seems like they added access for the farmers yeah. but if you were a landowner you needed to get to the core of your property you know especially trying to deer hunt hang yeah. it up you know i mean and if you're hunting big deer it's different obviously just like we've talked about already like you know, pursuing bigger deer, we got to pursue those different. We got to look at things differently. We got to be careful. We got to be cautious. We, you know, playing winds and everything like that. And I mean, if you were going into just harvest deer and you're going to walk in and sit on a field, a field edge or a oh, yeah. row, that's one thing. But you know, not to do what. Yeah, we're doing. yeah. And these yeah. bucks, they're smart, man. They're they're tough animals to kill. So did you get did you get that one on film I too? I, know I did not. That was the year before I started. Okay. I actually had a video camera in my backpack, just kind of clips on a limb. And I, I did, I did think about it for a split second and I'm like, screw that. <laughs> Grab the gun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's hard, especially when you have the time and all the energy yeah. into them. You know, I mean, people don't realize what cell filming takes out of us. And, and we'll spin into that a little bit. For those of you that don't know, um, Greg does, quite a bit of filming and the next buck we're going to talk about i know that he has on he has on film the michigan one and uh you know you guys been filming now what you got what two years maybe uh, three years two and a half years in i think two years. the last year you've been filming pretty hard yeah, yeah yeah two years two years i've been filming pretty good um before when I, I was carrying a camera around just kind of for me personally 
And then after I killed that big buck, Matt contacted me and he wanted me to start filming for a show and which I thought, yeah, sweet. That'd be fun. And it kind of, I'm glad I did it. It's he, it kind of forced me. I had a responsibility, like I have to film. And now I have all these sweet kills yeah. on camera and it, it's a blessing. Really. It's awesome. Right. Yeah, I mean, and uh, where can people find this footage? Yep, so uh, we are now on My Outdoor TV. Um, and okay. you just go in there. I think you need a subscription for 10 bucks a month or something. Then you can search us up for uh, MDG Outdoors. Okay, okay. Good. For those of you guys that don't know, I'll make sure that I get a link up there because there's some good footage out there that, you know, Greg and Matt are putting out and some things of that nature that uh, they're, you know, when you guys are filming – I know, I know Matt's in multiple other places too. I think he's hunting some other states besides of Michigan and, and, uh, he's got two or three other states too that he's doing stuff. Yeah. With, he's, right? he's hunting mostly in Michigan. And then, uh, just last year, him and his dad came out to, we actually just picked up a new lease in Iowa that, uh, we're pretty much strictly okay. late season hunting and his dad killed a 180 inch giant there last year. So, um, wow. it's his biggest oh. buck ever. It was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, Iowa was a whole yes, different ballgame. I mean, we think that the deer are big in, in Illinois and all these other places, and then you step out there and you're like, okay, I just seen 10 deer today, and eight of them were over 150. Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. You know, so that's kind of my – I'd like to venture a little bit more west, I think, in the next couple of years. I'm looking at Kansas and a couple of trips that, that we'd like to take and try and get on some different properties. But, I mean, we Midwest is no slouch. Ohio, Indiana, oh, yeah. Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee. You know, there's a lot of a lot of big deer that I think get overlooked because you get a lot of, you know, deer that are killed in those areas that, you know, people miss miss the boat. Absolutely. You know. But we'll definitely make sure that um, you guys, if you haven't, you know, liked and followed and subscribed and done all those good things on my outreach. You guys got are you're on YouTube. Oh, uh, yeah, right? I believe he does have a YouTube account. That's probably MDG Outdoors as well. Okay. Yeah, I think I've seen it on there, so I think that's where I've seen some footage yep. and stuff. So, you know, like them, find them, hunt them up, and, uh, you know, obviously you're not going to be disappointed, especially when we talk about this next Michigan buck that um, you're going to see that footage. I know that uh, Greg has that footage there as well. Um, my or is it? can't talk tonight. My Outdoor TV is pretty easy to access on the Smart TV. Um, you're probably going to see some top 10 stuff start showing up there as well. You didn't hear that from me, but... I'm going to see some stuff show up there. Um, nonetheless, I mean, we've got uh, got a lot of other stuff to cover. I mean, we're, we're knee-deep into it. So where did um, where did this buck in Illinois hit on the record books it, for you? Do you know? It was it was pretty far down there. I was, I was surprised. I know it was overall with, like, any weapon, it was – I think it was in the hundreds. I mean, it was, it's ridiculous on how many giant deer get killed in Illinois. Um, but for the county, I believe I was like top ten or uh, shoot, I might top have been 10. top five. Uh, it was pretty far up there. Yeah, but, but there's some giants killed in that state. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's why I wanted to mention that is because when we talk about where you're at versus the Michigan kill versus that kill and what that does as far as overall mm-hmm. kills and what the harvest point for, for big deer is there's a, uh, a crazy amount of deer that people don't realize are harvested that I think get overlooked. And, and then what, what baffles me is how many that never hit the road. Oh, yeah. People don't talk about 
you know what I mean? There's so many other ones that all of a sudden somebody stumbles on five, ten years down the road, and you're like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh, my grandpa killed this in 1982. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> you know, and then the deer's like 240 inches, and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, there's a pile of those. So, yeah, it's funny how it shows up. You know, he's been hanging out on a Cracker Barrel wall for years, you know. (laughs) You're like, where did this come from? So, all right, let's go back. We'll we'll travel back north, and we'll talk about this Michigan deer. So, tell me the story. Let's talk about – we already touched on him a little bit. So, was it just – did you tell everybody on the farm, leave this deer alone, it's my deer, or was everybody else? Oh, heck no. I had last dibs, man, last dibs. So, uh, <laughs> so actually, we were hunting uh, a different buck we called Explosion when we when this buck first showed up. Mm-hmm. And that's how he got this nickname was Firecracker because he had the same genetics and kind of a mini explosion. Um, so Firecracker shows up, and he's, he's tiny. He's two and a half years old probably, and he's got a uh, mainframe. 10 and he's got a little sticker starting with a split brow tine and i just know he's gonna be a giant so it's like he so he ha- this had to be about like the time you killed this yep. one in, Il- in yep. illinois then so 2019 ish yep. okay and uh so i knew immediately it's like we're letting that deer go for a couple of years for sure he's gonna be a giant and right. the following year he did he blew up to like uh probably 150 and he had stickers going everywhere he's pushing 20 points already as a three and a half year old and uh, so he, he got wow. another pass, and then the following year, he went to like 180, and it was like, geez, I know he's only four and a half. It was 180 inch deer in Michigan, but he's getting he's getting it. Do we or do we not? Oh yeah, right? I mean, it, there was a lot of discussions on if we should pass him, and it's like I don't even want to hunt him because if I see him, I know as much as I'm going to tell you or my dad that I'm going to pass him. If I see him, he's he's probably going to get it. So it's like, I don't even want to yeah. see him. I really don't. Well, I, I didn't see him all season, but my grandpa seen him opening day of gun season, and he, he walked by him, and he had half his rack completely broke off above the brow tunnel. Oh, so no. he, he got a pass, and I was just hoping that none of our other neighbors would get a glimpse of just the one side and shoot him. Or, but he did end up right. making it, and I found his good side, and it scored, I think, 86 so I'd put him. I'd put him real close to the, you know, the one eighties. Yeah, I see. He'd be pushing definitely in that right in that yeah. ballpark, depending on which side scored more. Because he was a little bit off balance too. One side scored a little bit more, like almost like fifteen, twenty inches more, right? Almost yeah, on one yeah. Side. Was it really that? Yeah, high? the side I found was actually the smaller side. So he was. I mean, he was. He was big last year. Um, so then, you know. This next season, I know he's at the top of the list for sure. Like, there's no question about it. He's five and a half. He's mature. And um, I started scouting for him immediately. Like, he, like way before July. You know, it's August. And I'm out there with a spotting scope. He's barely got anything. I'm like, that's him. <laughs> right. Um, so, I see his ears. Oh, yeah. That's him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was – I mean, I have tons and tons of spotting scope footage of him. And uh, he's – it was a mega, and I have it on film. I'm like, I think he's going to be 210, and that, that's, like, pretty dang close to what he ended up being. pretty good – yeah, that's a pretty good margin yeah. to guess, you know. I mean, if, if you were, like, a sports better and you said you were that close, I mean, that's, that's pretty good oh, yeah, odds, I like man. to brag about that one quite a bit, but <laughs> – so, actually, my brother was the one. I was really wanting my brother to shoot this buck. I already had the 230 from Illinois. 
Um, I was wanting my brother or my grandpa to kill this deer. So the whole year I sat with my brother. Your brother younger, yeah, he's, older? Uh, younger he's about older a year brother. and a half younger. So okay. the entire okay. year I followed my brother Jeffrey around with a camera. I was, you know, hanging hanging cameraman sets or sitting in double stands with them, filming them the entire year. I bet I hunted by myself three three times last year. Um, it, it, it was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So the, the night I ended up killing them, uh, I told Jeffrey, I was like, hey, you wake me up in the morning. I'll go sit with you. And we were actually about to go to our cabin for Thanksgiving. And Jeffrey's like, let's hunt one more morning. Let's not leave right now. We'll hunt tomorrow morning, and then we can leave. I'm like, all right. Sounds then good. go up. Yeah. So uh, I sleep through my alarm. He comes knocking on my door. He's dressed full camo. He's like, you ready? And I'm like, ah, shoot. I was like, you go ahead. I'll go. I'll sit in this other spot. The wind's good for that, too. You go ahead. I want to hold you up. And he's like, all right. So he goes, and he gets set in, and I get my stuff on, and I go set into my spot and it starts getting light out and I got deer feeding in front of me already. And I'm just starting to get light enough to be able to see a little bit. And I'm scanning our, uh, we have a little bit of a bedding area. It's got some shrubs growing up in there and just kind of scanning that. And I see this bush and I've been seeing it all year. It looks just like firecracker. And I'm looking at, I'm like, that sucker. He's going to, he's trying to get me again. And then it just kind of turns. I was like, Whoa. That's, that's him. Oh, it's him. <laughs> that's him. So I start freaking out. Right. And, uh, you know, I get the camera rolling and I start kind of trying to range find some shooting lanes I have in there. My range finder is completely black. It won't. It's dead. Batters are dead oh. on it. So I, I call oh, my God. dad. It's like 7 in the morning. He's drinking a cup of coffee. I call him. And he's seen him a couple weeks beforehand, actually, with his bow. I'm like, dude, when you seen mm-hmm. him last, how far was he? And he's like, ah, probably 180 yards. He's like, I'm not, ex- I wasn't expecting to answer a question like that that early in the morning. And he was freaking out. <laughs> so, you know, I, I had that same muzzleloader. Was he in the same stand when he yeah, seen him? Yeah, yep, the same stand. So, so okay. I figured, you know, I better call him and get a judge of how far instead of guessing on a deer like this. Um, so he said right. 180, and I dialed my scope to 180, and. He kind of was messing around in the shrubbery a little bit, and then he stepped out in my lane, and I shot. And there was so much smoke with the muzzleloaders that I couldn't, I couldn't see a thing. I didn't know if I missed them, if I hit them, or what. Oh, that's the worst feeling oh, ever. Terrible. So I uh, texted oh. my brother. I'm like, "Hey, I shot him." And he's like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yeah, I got him." I was like, "I'm gonna come get you." So oh, pissed, yeah. right? He's like. <laughs> Yeah, he's like ready to grab his lifeline and just go shoop, right around and just swan dive yeah, out. You know, it's so oh, bad, you know. But you know, I mean, he's happy but not happy. At the yeah, same. I had the camera record when I went and picked him up, and he's like, "Are did you seriously get him?" I'm like, "I got him." He's like, "Well, at least one of us got him." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. So we went back um to my grandma's house, and where my grandma's house sits, I'm like, I was hunting maybe sixty, seventy yards away. Like, they, they can see me. They can probably would have seen the deer if they were watching, too. So we went back. And, yeah, heard oh, the shot, everything. They're waiting. Oh, yeah. They're like, what happened? I heard the shot, and I was, my phone was ringing from my grandpa before before I even got done with my interview after the shot, you know? Oh, yeah. And um, yeah. so he's like, he's like, just come back to the house. We'll, you know, we'll eat some breakfast, and then we'll go out and look. And I'm showing my dad this video, right. and he's like, dude, he is he's way closer than when I seen him. Oh, oh God! Goodness. He's like he's probably like 130 right. yards, you know. And I set it for 180. 
But now you're just, oh, you're, no. your head's spinning like, geez, did I miss him? Did I wound him? Like, this is terrible. And we started right. kind of doing the ballistic math, and it's like, you know, at 130 yards, if I had it at 180 and aimed right on him, still high double lung. Yeah. So that made me feel better, but it yeah. still is not a, not a good feeling. And so, yeah, sour stomach for sure. All that breakfast you just ate, it's like, I don't, I got to leave oh. this here because I'm not sure what's going to happen. I couldn't eat. I think I took one bite and I'm like, nope, nope, that's not, that's not right. Yeah. You just want to go right in the driveway and yeah. throw up. Yeah, oh, it was bad. <laughs> so, you know, it's like me and my grandpa, my brother, my dad, my uncle, um, my brother-in-law came with. We all we all went out to go track this deer because we all they all knew we were chasing them and putting all this time in for them. And this buck was super sure. special. It, this buck means way more to me than the Illinois deer does. Just because the Illinois deer, we yes we put work into it, but we had one picture a year of them. We kind of lucked into that one. Um, this one here, right? We really had the history. Yeah, you had the history, you had yeah. the story, you knew he was there, you knew everybody had seen him, you know, he was elusive to some degree, but yet he was just this far out of, you know, somebody's arrow or somebody's gunshot, you know, the whole time. So that makes it that much more rewarding. And then for you to be able to capture it all on film too, everybody's like, now you have that and they can all, you watch it back and be like, oh, you remember that deer, you know, and it's, it's not that it's forgettable in any way, shape or form, regardless mm -hmm. But still, it just makes it that much more to it. And then to be able to share that moment again with everybody and walk out there and try and, you know, find the deer. So now everybody's had breakfast. You threw up three times <laughs> in the driveway. And now we're, we're, we're going to the woods and we're looking and you got blood. I know the muzzleloader game, so I'm, I'm nervous already. And I already know the, yeah. end, the end result. Yeah, so we're going out and we're kind of looking in this, you know, the shrubs and the kind of grasses in there. So it's tough tough finding or finding blood and uh it took a good 20 minutes before we found you know where he was standing and and my brother spotted first blood and immediately you know you're pumped up like i hit him hit him and i was right. ready. i felt good yeah mentality changes yeah. yep and now now you're just going real slow kind of analyzing the blood make sure it's good blood and that we don't want to back out or anything and you know we got bubbles it's pink it's frothy and we're already celebrating like we found him and it, we walked Ugh. another 30 yards or so and i i spotted him first just white belly i'm like there he is you know we're high-fiving and my dad is running a video camera right. my uncle's running a video camera so you get the whole reaction live i mean full yeah, emotion it, it yeah. was awesome it was super awesome right 30 yards of you never touching the ground the whole time oh, getting yeah. there <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh lord that's awesome, though. I mean, that's that's where it really everything like I tell, you know, our guys too when we're filming and we talk about this all the time. It's like to capture the real and raw emotion of what goes in, why we do what we do and why people want to see the story is because it makes so much more to the end result. You know, despite, yeah, we're holding a giant, you know, we're looking at something that's super memorable. We shared it with our family, but yet we have that whole like just the real things that go into it whether it's tears laughs yells screams you know it's just it makes it so much more when it when it boils right down to what we're what we're after and why we do what we do on a daily basis yeah, absolutely so 
Yeah, I mean, so now you guys, you're, you're there, so there's no ground shrinkage okay. whatsoever, because I know you we talked about that earlier, and we thought, eh, it's going to be over 200, but we don't yeah. know. Hey. You with the random parlay bet of 210, you know, what do you think then when you walk up and you put your hands on him? What do you, what, how oh, are you feeling? Was, it was unbelievable. I mean, I, I, I don't even know how to explain it. I, uh. Yeah, I was really speechless. I mean, in the if you guys watch the video, I'm, I'm sitting there talking. I I literally start tearing up. I, I don't cry very often, but I'm sitting here looking at my grandpa, who's you know he's pushing eighty, and my dad and uh, my uncle. I mean, it was it was super super special to be there. And then then so you know I'm looking at this deer, and he's got all these stickers. Nothing's broken at all. He's super beautiful and pretty, just oh, clean. Yeah. He's yeah. clean. And it took yeah. us. Uh, from the time we found the deer, you know, we're calling people and we didn't gut it and we we didn't load it in the back of a truck for two hours. We took pictures for two hours and sit around and talk. Yeah, I believe it. it I crazy. believe it. <laughs> you know, it's funny you hear you hear the stories and you know, as I talk to people on on here and just in general over the years, that's that's it. When we put the big ones on the ground, that's what happens. Like Next thing you know, it's like you, you, you shoot, you're like, I'm going to work at eight o'clock. You shoot one in the morning and you're like, I shoot him at seven twenty, and you're like, I ain't going yeah. to work. And next thing you know, it's like 10 o'clock and four buddies are standing around and you're like, you're drinking pops on a Tuesday, adult pops anyway, on a Tuesday morning in the middle of the woods and you're celebrating and you're going, wait a minute, I was supposed to work today. This is yeah. great. But, you know, and that's, that's it. That's all part of that whole celebration and that whole, like, storytelling and putting it all in and making it, you know, come to fruition. So now that we got him on the ground and we've told the story, again, the footage is out there. If you guys want to see it, look it up. And, um, you know, we'll have the links there. But what the, the green score, net score, what was it? So it, it was, uh, I think it ended up being 210. Uh 210 green, and then he was like 200 and a couple. Maybe it was 201. I think it was 201 net. Okay. Yeah, so he just barely made that after, after the net. Yep. Still 200 club, buddy. Still yep. 200 club, man. That's There's nothing you can't complain. And, and not only that, it's 200 club yeah. in Michigan. So in the amount of hunters and stuff that we have here and, and the way that things happen, I mean, that's that's a huge feat. That's like shooting a 300. Mm -hmm. I think anywhere else. If you go to Iowa, you might as well shoot something that's like you know, 300 inches there to, to reach the, the pinnacle that you did here with that one. So as like you said, not to take anything away from Illinois, and that's why I wanted to talk about the Illinois one first, because he's a giant, but the, the level of that with the Michigan one is huge. Where did he put you in the Michigan books for muzzleloader? So for muzzleloader, he was, uh, I believe he was number two. Number two muzzleloader all time, and then uh, I was number two in my county, all time and okay uh, shoot there's one more i was gonna tell you does he fire where does he he's he's high up there in firearm too in just general yeah. firearm he's uh, overall he's like top five yep. i think yep, he is I, I think he might be four yeah. or three or four four yeah four or five yeah, yeah somewhere yeah, in there he's up there okay yeah i mean it's it's a remarkable deer and obviously we'll we'll get We'll get some pictures up there along with the podcast. I'll have you send me some so we can, you know, I have a couple already that we've pulled up, pulled and we'll put on there and um, whatnot. But uh, so with all that, we we now know that, you know, you're, you're a big buck killing machine. 
you talked about some 170s, like they were nothing after killing these two 200 plusers. But what's your? I mean, what's your what's your plan? What's your plan of attack? Tell me, tell me the real inside Greg's mind of like how I go about targeting a specific buck or like. Give me something that everybody's going to be like, oh, okay, I get this guy now. So um, I'll just use Firecracker example. Uh, for Firecracker, okay. I, was, I was just crazy. I mean, he really, he literally never left my mind. That's all I was thinking about. I was super focused on uh, getting my sets hung up early. And uh, I wanted perfect in and out access. I didn't, wanna, I didn't want him to know we were there at all. Um, so I had a set hung and cameraman stand hung we had the perfect spot i knew where my camera was going and i was like we're killing this buck here october 1st i already knew it i was like jeffrey's killing him october 1st right <laughs> here and you know it didn't work out that way but uh, i was i was just dialed in like that and so we we always had you know i'm sure your farms like this too you have your sets hung and you have your favorite spots that have been there for yep. years and years and years well this year i you know, we almost tweaked every stand. We moved it just a little bit, made it a little bit better. We uh, dropped a couple of trees to move these deer a little bit closer to us just to make it a little bit better. And we did all this in like, you know, yep. February. Uh, just so we we got it all done and we moved out and made sure that he had no clue we were hunting him and that he felt comfortable. Alleviate that pressure, yep. man. You got to keep the pressure out of there yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's huge. And our biggest, I mean, it's a blessing at the same time, but across the street we have this huge huge piece where it's got no pressure and the deer feel so comfortable down in there that we got to kind of compete with that to make them feel comfortable on our side as well so they can move daylight hours on our side not just their side but that does allow those bucks to get to an older age class and allows us to be able to hunt those bigger deer too um so i guess you can look right. at both ways that way but <clears throat> Yeah, it makes it tough, like, you know, looking at a situation like that. And I know, you know, years ago growing up, we had the same kind of scenario where there was a safety net for these deer and they would grow old there, but trying to not bump them or, you know, hunt the wrong wind, do something stupid that inexperienced hunters that we would do or even experienced hunters, sometimes we, we take risks that we shouldn't take you know, with thermals and everything else or going, yeah, I'm going to hunt today regardless. The only day I got to hunt. I remember years ago when, you know, I didn't get the luxury to hunt really as much as I did now, you know, being able to be selective and do those things. And you would bust deer that, I, you know, I look back at it and I go, man, if I only knew what I know now, I would have just not hunted that day and waited 10 yeah. more days or five days, you know, or waited on that good wind and said, I'm just going to work today and call in that day as opposed to, I got to be here. I got to do this. And, you know, it's the mental mindset, but, but I think that there's a lot to be said with that as far as what you do and how you do it, you know, and planning and working and creating something in the off season or even right now. I mean, what do you guys do? You guys do plots and stuff. I know you've, you had a lot of contact with Dale at yep. five, two and we mentioned guys too. I mean, obviously five, two is our guys as well, but, um, yeah, so my, what are you guys planting plots and everything else yeah. for you know this year? Or what yeah, do you so got my, going on? My favorite food plot of all time is soybeans, late season soybeans, and it's awesome for us because we have this huge, uh, huge no hunting area, and all these deer bed up in there for the winter. And if we get any type of snow at all, we'll see you know thirty or forty deer a night. It's a given, and 
you got a picture wow. of a shooter buck and you get the right weather, it's it's almost a guarantee like he's going to be here at night. Uh, it might know it. Yeah, it's text. It becomes yeah. textbook, right? Yeah. It's and not- that, so that is by far my favorite plot uh, for early season. We I have tried some uh, uh, playing your beans a little later, so they when they come up they're more tender, but they are they do yep. they're you know they're toast after the first frost, but that does work well as right. That does work for us as well. Um, I know Dale, he's got some awesome seed. Uh, we shoot, what was I playing last year? Uh, that lots of leaf, they tore lots of leaf up. Yeah, they really did. Yeah, you know, I'm learning more and more about that. And obviously, as these brassicas, like uh, with the lots of leaf, as like they can eat that stuff oh, to the ground, it'll regrow like four times in a whole season. And I'm like, wait a minute. And then the, it seems to be so cold tolerant that that just it's huge. So. You know, the quick plug for the Seed King there on that one. But, you know, it's uh, it's great stuff. I mean, I, I, I like it. I like there's a lot of new things coming with him and, you know, and a lot of good seed out there that he's already got. But that's that's kind of one of my favorites. That's why I just planted that myself um, at my Michigan spot um, that I can plant at. I've got another one that I can't really – there's really no plots in there. If you did, they would just annihilate it. And it's kind of a rut only spot anyway, just because of the transition. Right. Funnel. You know, you can, you get on it and get lucky the first 25 days of season, but after that, it's not, you know, you know, it's, it's textbook that two week window. And if you're there, you're going to have some luck. If you're not, then you might get a late season deal that, that'll get a passerby or, you know, something in that secondary route or right. something. But, um, but yeah, and I think we uh, we just did a bunch of stuff in our Kentucky and Indiana place. That's uh, lots of leaf, and the guys are actually. I just talked to them before you and I got on here tonight. Um, they were they're in Kentucky planting more stuff to try and get stuff so we can get on fuzzies. Um, hopefully, you know, early early September. Yep. So it'll be good. Well, I mean, we're right in an hour. I won't uh, take away your whole your whole night, but I appreciate you jumping on with us, and uh, we look forward to hearing more stories about what you guys have to come. Whether you, your brother, your dad, anybody gets uh, gets lucky, or even we'll get Matt on here maybe and, and talk to him a little bit yeah, too, absolutely. and um, keep doing the things that you're doing, man. You're doing a great job for a youngster. I mean, obviously, I feel bad saying that as as an old guy to a young guy but i'm not I, I like to say i'm not that much older than you but i am and and it's it's good to see the passion and the drive for you young guys that are coming up and doing what like we're so passionate about and i always worry about that is it going to go right. away is that you know the hunger that we had to to harvest big deer you know, is, is that going to go away? And it's not. I mean, you guys are doing a good job with that. And, you know, congratulations on both of those bucks. Those are nice Thank bucks. Lifetime bucks. I mean, if, if you never killed another big deer in your life, you did You did a good job already. You know what I mean? So, unfortunately, we all know, and it's it's it, it's just to be said, that people that kill big deer will continue to kill them. It's something that's instilled in us. And mm. We do. And you know, it's a passion that regardless, we put the time in before, like we talked about when we opened this, we put the time in before, and then we limit our stand sets to when we should be there. And then, you know, everything comes to fruition yep. in the end. Yep, that's so, huge. Yeah. So, 
other than that, any any final words you want to add? Anything you want to tell? Any top secrets you want to give away to killing big giants? No, I, or no? I don't have much. I, my, I mean, my I guess my biggest advice is don't. You can overhunt. It's definitely possible, and most people are accused of doing it. They think they're doing the right thing by putting their hours in, and they're doing way more harm than good. Uh, so it's, that's the you know right. pick and choose your dates. Make sure you're going in there undetected and leaving undetected. And um, I'm telling you, those big bucks will come. They will. They will. Even here in Michigan, you know, and that's that's it. You know, I mean, that's that's a big thing. So either way, um, we thank you again for joining us. We appreciate having you on and, and telling the stories. And uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have you on again. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I really appreciate this fun. So yeah, you and I will keep in touch anyway. We'll we'll share stories, you know, as we go through the fall and some camera pictures. I got a couple I want to share with you already. Sure. Just show you some good stuff. So, nonetheless, man, uh, take care. And those of you, again, tell us where to find you. Obviously, you've got Instagram and all those good things. But where do they find you on uh, My Outdoor TV and on yep, YouTube? My Outdoor TV and YouTube, it's going to be on MDG Outdoors. Um, and then, yep, Instagram and Facebook, that's MDG Outdoors. My personal Instagram is at Shemmy S-H-E-M-M-Y. Um, you can follow me there. I'll post all my deer hunting picks and if i'm doing any projects i usually post them up there as well perfect well if you're over uh my way or down by headquarters anything man swing in um and we'll uh we'll we'll talk more deer and big bucks like i said we'll do that off off record anyway other than that we'll let everybody get back to their normal day to day and now that they're dreaming of big giants we got the pot stirred for the wall so um, other than that, thanks, man. And we will, yeah, right. Yeah. And then uh, we'll, we'll pick up on this one next Not time. Good. I appreciate so it. So thanks for joining the top 10%. All right. And.